All right. You know what? Is uh, Lou want to do this? Jessica, this is the most professional thing you'll ever see. Lou, go ahead and kick us off. This is pretty much how the Levitard right. show goes, so. And we're back with Dan Levitard's show, Smeddy. And we are back, Lower After Hours, with Smeddy, uh, BKA Sue Gotts, uh, Jessica Smetana. Smetana, we're not going to get into the semantics that are, however, Smeddy says it goes. Uh, we will not argue with Witty, but thank you for joining us, Smeddy. Well, thank you for having me. Smeddy works fine. It's it's probably easier that way for all of us, so I appreciate I you getting the pass. All right, well, uh, first of all, I'm Fleming, and I'll be hosting tonight. We are joined by quite a few people. We have Lou and Sales, Pam, a.k.a. Halloween Basic, Jeanette, John, down in Miami, where soon we'll be home, Beep Count, Allie, Ant, the one and only pal, Mike Ryan fan account, uh, Will Pool, Dave Sauce, and Mark, who I'm sure you're aware of is the most famous fan of the Leatherpunk show. We're actually going to kick it off. Beep, you had something for Smitty? Yes, many thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you recently told us about your love of musicals, and I wanted to know what your favorite uh, music-based movie was that wasn't a musical. Ooh, that's a good question. My favorite movie-based musical that wasn't a musical? Well, I haven't seen very many Disney movies. I guess one that I have seen that I really liked was Moana. So I will go with that. I think that was my favorite musical movie that wasn't actually on stage. Fair enough. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. So now we're going to transition into the first half of this, kind of getting into the whole reason you're here and talking to, I'm sure, 15 people you didn't know existed before 90 days ago. So Mark, uh, formerly of Reddit, you had something for Smitty? I did. So welcome to the show. Um, I guess my question is, how did the interview process go to become a member of the show? Was there an interview process or did they just call you up and say, hey, we like you. Do you want to come to Dr. Miami? Was there a case study you had to prepare for? Or did they just basically <laughs> come on down? Yeah. So I got hooked up to a polygraph machine. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> Mike Ryan called me like kind of a little out of the blue over the winter um, and said, we're looking to fill a position here. This is what Metal Arc is about. I think you'd be great on the show. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, of course, obviously, <laughs> please tell me more. Um, so I emailed him back the next day and I asked for some more details just about Metalark as a company because, you know, uh, I didn't really know a lot about Metalark. I knew a lot about the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, but I was at a staff job at Sports Illustrated. So I knew like to take a position on the show, I would have to leave that job. And I wanted to make sure that this was like a real company, right? Because I at this point, like the wider world, I don't think had heard a lot about Meadowlark. So I asked him some follow up questions. And he was like, do you want to meet with John Skipper? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I had a very nervous meeting with John Skipper about two weeks later, which went well, I think, because I'm I'm here now. But um, after that, I kind of did the rounds with a bunch of Meadowlark people. And then as I started continuing through the interview process, more information came out publicly about Meadowlark. So that was also good timing. And yeah, it wasn't a very hard decision for me. It was a great opportunity and it all kind of happened pretty fast, but it was really exciting. So very good. Well, welcome. You're doing great so far. Appreciate you. Coming Thank you. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she needed that validation. Well, you, as the world's most famous fan, it's important. You know, I can't disagree. The validation from you makes us all feel better. So with uh, the transition, obviously, to the show means a transition to Miami. And I know John had some questions. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm about as proud as uh, of Miami as, as Dan is. So 
with that, I have lots of suggestions and things like that for people who come down and visit. When you heard you were coming down here, did you seek out any advice or places to see or anybody in the shipping container or did you have family down here? And if you did, what and where were, the, were those places? Mm, that's a good question. So Mike Ryan was extremely helpful on all things Miami, as you would expect. He you know, loves Miami and, and knows pretty much everything there is to know about like the social scene in Miami. What, no matter what you're into, like Mike knows everything that's going on, I feel like at all times. Um, so he was super helpful. I don't really have any family in Miami. Uh, I don't really have any ties to Miami other than having spent 10 or 11 days there for Super Bowl live, whatever, whichever one that was 44. So yeah, I would, I had like a, opinion of Miami based on being a tourist, which is obviously not the same as when you live there, I'm told. But I knew some of the places where, you know, like young people live that I might be interested in. And people told me about, you know, like some good restaurants in the Cafecito and Palacio de los Jugos. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so I heard a lot of uh, insider tips like that, but I'm excited to get down there and actually explore for myself because I think that will be a fun experience. It's always fun to move somewhere and get to like figure out what your, your new spots are and things like that. But yeah, I'm excited. I grew up in the Midwest and lived in Indiana and New York. So Living somewhere where the weather's nice kind of feels like it should be illegal a little bit. Like I feel like a little bad about it. Like my family's probably going to be really jealous a lot of the time. So it's going to be a big, big change come November, December. What was it like meeting your first Hispanic? (laughs) (laughs) John, she lived in New York. Come on. That's a good question. I'll have to think back. I'll have to think back to when I was a a little kid, I guess. We'll come back Uh, to that then. I now want to ask every guest that question, just regardless of where they're moving. But you, you touched on one thing about your move, which was Capacito. And Ant, up in New York, uh, he had a more detailed question about Capacito. So go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I just wanted to, I mean, you know, you live in New York, so you obviously are not far into the espressos. But Capacito is, is sort of different with all the way they sugar and the way they make it and everything. And um, What was your opinion of the first time you had Capacito? Was it really, did it make you as jittery as you sort of portrayed it to be? Or was it, or was that played up? You know, are you a... I need a double shot in the morning to get me going or, or, you know. Oh, I'm definitely going to keep drinking it. Yeah. And it, none of that was a joke. Like your heart stout starts pounding once you have your first, you know, little cafecito shot. I don't know. What, what do you call like a thimble of cafecito? Like what are the units of measure for cafecito? We need to come up with some term for that if one doesn't exist. And, and the best part about being in the studio, which I'm looking forward to being part of every day is when it's like 10, 30, 11, and, and there will be a little bit of a lull or a break and someone will come in like Stu Gatz or Dan will usually come in with like a big, what are they called? Cord- cortados? Colada. Colada. That's it. I'm learning. Uh, not really. Everyone will take one like in the middle of the morning. And it's great. I feel like you need uh the espresso to wake you up first thing in the morning and then the sugar like two hours later. And also going back to John's question, if I was really like with it right now and on my toes, I would have answered and said when he said, what was it like meeting your first Hispanic? I would have said Dan was super nice. But I, you know. Put, put that in in post. Thank you, Jeff. I think we, we touched on a lot of the intro to the show. Before I throw it to stage, did you have any clue who we were? Or were you prepped on this interview by your peers? I was not. I, I briefly chatted with Whittingham earlier. And I was like, hey, I'm going on you know the, sh- the show later. And he was like, cool. And I was like, okay, that was about it. <laughs> Cool. It wasn't a very long conversation, I guess. So no, not really. But you know, it's always more fun to be surprised. I think like you don't want to sound inauthentic. Like I like I practiced in a mirror, you know. 
Oh, trust me, it, not sounding like you rehearsed or practiced or ever done this before is our, our stick. Uh, Steak, you had a question for Jessica? Oh, yeah. Hi, Smitty. I'm a, I'm a journalist, and I'm covering a soccer game right now, and you'll appreciate that I have to file a story in 49 minutes. Oh, and God. I have started yet. This is much more important. Do you remember a moment or a bit where you first got the show? Hmm. No, I can't say I ever remember not understanding the bit when I was watching the show. I feel like there was a time before the show was like really mainstream on ESPN where people would turn on ESPN and be like, what the fuck is this? And then like by the time I was cognizant of the Levitard show, like I was aware of the bit already and I knew that that's what the show was. Like I feel like one of my favorite bits that the show does, it doesn't not so much anymore because it's not on cable, but when the show account used to retweet people who were like watching it on ESPN and they were like, they haven't talked about sports in like 30 minutes. What the fuck is this? I hate this. And like they would always retweet it because like these people were just like completely clueless. But I like don't really remember a time. I don't know. Maybe you mean like since I've been on the show, but I feel like there are times when even Dan doesn't, you know, like Billy won't even get it. Like everyone goes like goes in and out of consciousness. I feel like while we're recording sometimes because things get it's like an onion, you know, you keep peeling back the layers and then Billy eats it raw. Quick, uh, another question. Do you remember what you did after Game 7 in 2016 when the Cubs, our beloved Cubs, won the World Series? Yes, I was in New York. It was actually I was really sad because I had moved to New York probably two weeks before the World Series started. Um, so I was really sad that I wasn't in Chicago for it. But I was in New York. I went to a Cubs bar in New York City. I left during the rain delay because I thought the Cubs were going to blow it. And I thought that me being at the bar was bad luck. So I went back to my apartment and I watched the final out by myself. And then I stayed up till 4am and watched all the post game just alone in my apartment. I couldn't I like I still can't even believe that that happened. So it was surreal. I was a little happy to be by myself to just let it sink in. And then I, I FaceTimed my family who were all screaming, uh, running around like acting like idiots. So yeah, it was one of my one of the best nights I've ever had in New York. But yeah, left left the bar could not handle watching it with other Cubs fans. They were making me too nervous. Harvest. So Cubs fan means Chicago, and infamously, you're a fan of, I think, all, a city in every state sports team, based on what we've heard, one of which being Pittsburgh. And Pam actually was looking for some travel advice. Pam, you have Ooh. some questions for her? Well, thank you, Flem. Um, Thank you for joining us, Smeddy. I actually am a Pittsburgh junkie. We go to Pittsburgh all the time. We're going nice. to Pittsburgh on Friday, in fact, for the weekend. Um, so I wondered what are your favorite Pittsburgh places to eat? It's actually two questions. So my first one is what are your favorite places in Pittsburgh to eat? Okay. Round Corner Cantina in Lawrenceville. Very mm-hmm. good. They just changed their menu. It's delicious. Uh, Gaucho. It's an Argentinian restaurant. I think they have more than one location now. Very good. Those are probably two of my favorites. There's this place in like the North Shore, North Side, I guess, called, um, Federal Galley and it's like a food hall and there's a bunch of little food cart like mini restaurants in there. Yeah. All of those places are great. I don't know if it's open right now. I think everything's open there now, but um, yeah, those are some of my faves. Oh, Walters. Also, Walters on Butler Street. You can go there and like play cornhole and outdoor drinking games. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. My second question is better Pennsylvania theme park, Kennywood or Hershey? And why? <laughs> I've never been to Hershey, but so I, I have to say Kennywood. My favorite thing growing up was it's a Pittsburghism or a Yinzer Yinzer speak to say Kennywood's mm-hmm. open when your fly is open. So <laughs> 
that's what I always think of with Kennywood. It just I grew up like having that expression in my head, but no one in you know my school knew what that meant. Um. Yeah. No, I totally get it. We're we bought tickets today to go to Kennywood on Sunday, so we're pretty <laughs> excited. We actually like Hershey better only because it's newer and fancier, and but Kennywood is so historic and cool. And yeah. answering your question in the chat, John, Permanti Brothers is not overrated. It's excellent. I think it it's is. excellent. I don't know, I th- Jessica. I, no, I agree. The fries are so good. I know, like, the fry on the sandwich thing everyone makes fun of, and they're like, oh, my God, this is, like, a heart attack in a sandwich. Like, no one's telling you to eat it every day. Just have one time a month, maybe once a week, maybe every three days. But you don't have to eat it every day, and it's delicious. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much. As a Pittsburgh head, do we get a do we get a ranking like a one through ten scale of how her food recommendations were? Uh, they're pretty darn good. A couple of those I didn't know, so I'm gonna check Ooh. them out. But that gave us there some new go. places to try this weekend. <laughs> so thank you. So we've we've covered Chicago, we've covered Pittsburgh. Now we get to cover the college years. Um, only one person here loves to talk about college in an obnoxious way that nobody else does, which is Jeff. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for being here. Oh, God. This so, is background. Yeah, the, for the listeners, the background would be uh, Reggie Bush. So, yeah, my question was just about this Reggie take of yours. Mm, and, vacated, uh, yeah. Yeah, not not vacated. Which, which is, All right, then let me ask you this. Which is which is more fake, Reggie's Heisman or Manti's ex? Wow, that's a really original burn there. <laughs> I haven't heard a joke about Manti Teo's girlfriend in at least six and a half minutes. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you a, a failing grade on that question for originality there. That's fair. I deserve that. I just had to be the annoying jackass USC guy for a second while I had the opportunity. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Okay. That was, that was your question. question. I'm, with, I'm, with you. I'm with you, Smitty. Uh, Jeff, mute your microphone and exit if you'd like. It's okay. Walk into the ocean. Mark, would you like to, would you like to impose oh, another fine? I mean, what well, terrible. What was your original question? You said you had a question, then you changed it to the Reggie Bush question. What was your original question? It has to be better than that. No, it was a Reggie Bush question. You said you changed it. live. Okay, never mind. This worked out well. Welcome to Jeff. Um, let's move on to something else that the rest of us don't understand. However, you're passionate about, and one other person here is passionate about, which is Allie. All right, thanks, Jessica, for joining. Um, I am the resident gearhead for hour after hours. Love everything racing, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. So my question to you is, um, it ties in with a tweet you actually retweeted earlier from one of your former colleagues about the sports washing within soccer and Formula One. So fans aren't really content with how F1 has been partaking in sports washing with racing in countries with poor human rights records like Turkey, China, just this past couple weekends ago in Baku. Um, juxtaposed with their We Races One campaign that they ran last year and that they're still running this year. Questions about this have been brought up to the drivers and the teams, but again, they don't, they can't really make a change. It's ran by Liberty Media and the FIA. It's not up to them to really decide where to race at. So my question to you is what role can sports media play with this issue and can legit change actually occur? Oh, this is an actual serious question. I like it. Um, that's a great question. I think the the way media covers everything can and should improve on pretty much all of the topics that media covers. And like the, I think you're referring to the story that Grant Wall wrote. Yes. Um, yeah, I think one thing about that, which we talked, talked about a little bit on the Levitard show was about how that type of journalism is not 
as important to companies to produce anymore and how important that type of work is actually to get made um, so that people on, you know, different shows like this one right now can actually talk about it. And that reporting is super important. So I think the role that the media plays is that you need to be able to invest in reporters who can actually tell those stories. And then when those stories come out, um, cover them. And, and it needs to be something that isn't shied away from. Like, I think we're going to see a, a lot of this next year with the World Cup or yeah, next year already. Um, and these are really complicated topics that I think a lot of sports fans feel uncomfortable about and don't want to talk about and think that it, it's too complicated and it goes over their head and, and maybe they're not smart enough to really understand it. And it's no big deal. It's just a sport. Um, but just like the awareness and the acknowledgement of it, I think is really important. And it's not the media's job to be entertaining uh, all the time and to just have fun with sports and downplay the really important socio-political effects that sports can have on geopolitics and on, you know, human rights violations and all of those sorts of things. So it was a good question. I was not uh, prepared for that. Oh, no, that's fine. I have a, yeah, I have a lighthearted question after that. So since you've been really into Formula One and there's only really one race here throughout the course of the season, have you thought about dipping your toe in other racing series to get interested in? I have thought about it, but you tell me, like you, you definitely seem like you know your stuff. I don't know what, you know, like I've, I've watched a little bit of IndyCar. I've never really watched too much NASCAR. Like what if your Formula One fan is the closest thing that you think I would like here? Yeah. So how I describe the three main racing series to people who don't really follow racing is you watch F1 for the machine and just how extravagant the machine is you watch indycar for driver talent and there's a lot of crossover between formula one drivers going into indycar Mm -hmm. like this upcoming weekend kevin magnuson and roman grosjean the formula the Haas drivers are now riding or driving an indycar at road america this weekend so i think that's a good place to go and nascar is really just gimmicky and for the entertainment and it's a really fun place to go to just to get hammered and watch cars (laughs) really fast and turn left sometimes turn right so honestly, I would recommend doing IndyCar. Okay, I'll and, I'll look into it then. Yeah, I are there any IndyCar races in Miami? New no, York? they're ma- they're mainly in the Midwest. But I would on mm-hmm. I just went to the Indy 500 a few weeks ago. That was the first time going. I took my whole family. It was an absolute blast. So if you can get Indy 500 tickets and make it up, make it up there, it's amazing. It's so worth it. I'm interested. Thank but, you for the thank you for yeah thank you for your time. What is it that they do here in Homestead? So, it's NASCAR. Oh. That's also a really good track. That's a good intermediate one and a half mile track. She is an expert. Do you have a like gearhead yeah. podcast? Because I would listen to that. No, I just watch three kids all day. That's my life. Yeah, we um we would appreciate if you don't try to take uh, the people like Allie away from us and all we're stuck with their Jeff questions. So let's not give Allie her right. podcast. How how did you get into F one? And I have a, a little birdie that told me you throw parties for gymnastics events with friends, like actual watching parties. I did some journalistic investigating into this take that happened the other day. So how did you get into these sports? Like, were you just naturally interested by them or were there people older or related to you that presented them to you that got you? Well, the Formula One thing started because of the Drive to Survive show on Netflix. That show is incredible. I, I 
cannot recommend it enough to anyone who is bored and thinks they might like Formula One because it introduces you to all of the different characters within the sport. And there's just the access is I can't think of another sports documentary that gives you that type of current access. It honestly makes Hard Knocks feel unwatchable. Like, I don't think I will be able to watch this if there is an upcoming season of Hard Knocks because it's they don't show you anything on Hard Knocks compared to this F1 show. So that definitely got me uh, really excited about it. And then I started watching the races because it was I, I watched the show right at the beginning of this F1 season. So I didn't really miss anything. So kind of just dove right in. And now I have plans uh, pretty much every other weekend for the rest of uh, 2021. So now we're talking sports and competition. Pal had a competitive question for you. So yes, thank you, Flem. Flem has little birdies that talk to him, but I listen to the streets. And the streets say, Jessica, that you are a striker in soccer and you're quite the penalty kicker. Now, we also know that Mike Ryan plays a little goalie every now and then on a Tuesday night. And I was just curious, if you got 10 chances at Mike Ryan, how many are going past Ooh, him? I would say eight, nine. No, come on. Just be confident. Give 10, us all 10. 11. There we go. I would say 12. Yeah. Mike is tall, though, so I can't, you know, can't really. I feel like he could just lay out and take up the entire goal. Like, dude is sneaky, massive. But, but is he quick? Yeah, I'll, I would feed Mike, like, three Bud Lights, and he would be in so much gastrointestinal discomfort that he would not be able to jump off the goal line. Yeah, smart. Smart. Oh also, do you really not use a knife on your pancakes, waffles? Pancake? Your pancake, toast? you just take a fork and then you like put the fork in the middle and then you put the fork like in your mouth and then like the round part of the pancake like folds around and you put it all in in one bite and you so, chew it and swallow it. Sometimes like I like to be a preparation guy when it comes to my breakfast. So I like to slice them and dice them and then go at them. So I guess to each their own. Yeah, Billy said that too. He likes to cut it and like put like make bites out of it. Like that's fine. But then you can like just take you could just take the pancake and then you like dip it in the whipped cream or whatever. Like, okay. yep. Well, now that we're on food, I have no option but to go to Kish, who has what I think are two food questions, and I hope to God they're unrelated. Uh, but Kish, <laughs> go ahead. Hey, Smitty. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, and I have a couple of questions. First, kind of set of questions is a actual like little rapid fire thing. And there's like a really serious question that I have for you. Ooh, I'm really okay. going to judge you for it. Uh, so as you probably know, uh, Smetana or really Smetana and, and like Russian and, and a bunch of other languages. Yeah, Smetana. Are you actually, are you Russian or like Slavic at all? I'm a little bit Czech. Czech. Yes. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, Smetana in Russian means uh, sour cream. So I have a couple of sour cream questions. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's a little quiz. Questions so what do you call... What can you ask someone about sour cream? <laughs> you never know. Go ahead, go know. ahead. <laughs> so what do you call one unit of sour cream? A dollop? Exactly. Perfect. And, dollop uh, of Daisy. Yeah, no free ads, yeah. though. Not sponsored. <laughs> Bleep that out. Keep it in, keep it in. Um, and what do you call sour cream in Britain? From fresh? That's in France. Oh. Close. It's actually called soured cream. <laughs> Those damn Brits, they just like to make everything sound fancy. That's something Chris Whittingham would call it. Would you like <laughs> to pass some soured cream? Like, no, I want sour cream. You gotta let it ferment. And uh, finally, well, I have one question and then a bonus one. So what's the main protein, this is for Phlegm, found in sour cream? The main protein found in sour yeah. cream? 
Yeah, there's many types of proteins. I just want to be clear. This okay. is casein. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, actually, that's 100 right. It's casein. <laughs> wow, you're killing this freaking quiz. All right. She's killing how the show too with that. How does, with that how uh, the, you're killing that show. You killed. I literally those. pulled that out of my ass, but I was right. That's amazing. I should go on Jeopardy. <laughs> Great guess. So here's a, the really serious societal question I have for you. I'm ready. So one, would you ever eat a penguin? And if you would, how would you prepare it? I wouldn't eat a penguin, but medium rare, probably. Just medium rare? So like, would you medium sear Medium rare with, yeah, like you sear it, probably. Are we talking about like a whole penguin or like a penguin steak? I mean, it's up to you. No, let's treat it like a rotisserie. Ooh, okay, yeah. We're going to put it on a spit. We're going to rotate it 250 degrees, five hours. We're going to rub some salt, maybe some jerk chicken rub on there. Mm. Jerk seasoning on a penguin? I don't know. Then maybe we're going to eat it with uh, some barbecue sauce. Squeeze a lemon on it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, why not? Maybe some sour cream. Perfect. But I wouldn't eat one. You wouldn't? I wouldn't. And if this is this is like, you know, if I'm on a deserted island and all I have is penguin. What if it's not endangered? There are many species of penguin. I don't think I would eat a penguin. It's hard enough to eat the meat that's normal to eat, I feel like, these days. I'm just going to pass on penguin. All right. I respect that. I respect that. Jerk seasoning is what we call the Pepper and Jeff questions and to our interviews. <laughs> so moving on from our good old guy, kids with wonderful questions as always. Eric, you said you didn't prep for this podcast. So this next question, which is a staple in our podcast. First of all, Smitty, I, I just want to say I've been... Uh, you have a very high war. My question is, what sports mascot would you uh, to take on five Velociraptors of NBA Federation? Which sports mascot would I pick to take on five Velociraptors? That's the question. Yeah. Okay, let's think about this. Maybe the little Arizona Sun Devils, because then they could use their little pitchforks and stab them. Those things look nasty. They're literally the devil. You have one little devil. You just stab them. You need a you need a mascot with a weapon, I think. It's a regulation game of basketball, Smetty, just so you know. Oh, I the didn't goal, hear the last part of the question. Yeah, okay, the, wait. The is it a basketball is, game? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just five on five, one mascot, multiplied times five to go and win a game. And so, and to win the game. This game isn't to kill the humans. It's not to tie the game. Can we just this kill them, though? I feel like my, you know, my hunch was right. Like, let's just kill them you know and then you're you fine. win by forfeiture. Because they yeah, can't fight. That's a flagrant, too, Smitty. I'm sorry. To be fair, to be fair, if you ask anybody over the age of 50, that's exactly how basketball should be played. <laughs> so, it's okay to take the, the, the round of killing them. All right. Mm. So, is that your final answer? Or are you, are you thinking to revise here? I don't know. I mean, those little bastards are pretty athletic looking. Yeah, I would say that's my final answer. All right. Perfect. Moving on. Chris, uh, you had a question for Smitty? I did. Uh, Smitty, thank you so much for joining us. You're doing wonderfully, by the way. So there's some musical individuals on this Zoom. I'm a little bit of a musician. Flem, uh, obviously infamous, the Flem and M. Uh, if you had a theme song or like a sounder, what genre of music would it be? It could be your favorite or one that you think kind of like encapsulates you, your personality. Also, I love the uh, Squid Secret Society topic on the show lately. I have a big squid tattooed on my leg, so they're one of my favorite Ooh. animals. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in your camp on that one. We need like a little squid squid club here. Yes, Absolutely. Is your squid tattoo of Squidward? It is not. It is it's not a Squidward tattoo. I wouldn't be opposed to getting a Squidward tattoo, though. Neither would I. Um, yeah, what type of music? That's a good question. I mean, my favorite genre is probably classic rock. 
or just okay. like regular rock. But like also like some something like kind of folksy and, and like funky would be would be pretty fun. But I don't know because I feel like it would also have to fit like whatever the whatever the jingle is with me, which I feel like at this point so many directions we could go in, right? Like you could make fun of me for being a Notre Dame fan. Sure. Like sure. Whittingham's is so easy because he just he is a fancy lad. So it really didn't require a lot of imagination to create that uh fancy lad character I, for him. I agree. Right. It didn't right. take any imagination to create that. None. Yeah, and I think he likes it too much, I would say. I think he really enjoys A the attention and B people reinforcing you know, his intelligence to him every day. Right. So, sure, yeah, sure. I mean, that was just, that was just too easy. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think we got to like, we got to pinpoint what exactly I do on the show other than, um, cringe every time we talk about farting and, uh, try to talk about F1 in Notre Dame. Right. Okay. Okay. Good, good answer. Good answer. Well, like I said, you've been doing a wonderful job. Thank you for joining us this evening. <laughs> Thank you. And and he's being humble there when he, you know, says the infamous woman name. So Christy Yamaguchi Maine, also known as Chris, is actually the creator of the Lauer uh intro song, this the Pirate Shanty. Oh, I didn't so know that. He didn't want to say that. Yes. Wonderful. So, Look, I didn't I didn't want to like come off as like, you know, bragging or anything. I didn't want to like lay down my credentials. You you've worked at Sports Illustrated and stuff, and while that's cool and I you know, you're it's obviously you're, you're hired by Meadowlark Media or whatever. By the way, I'm driving right now, so this is incredibly dangerous and stupid what I'm doing. Uh, joining you're pulling Zoom, an Adnan Burke. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to intimidate you while talking to you about music by saying that I'm the guy that did the you know the Lauer theme or whatever. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. Thank you again for joining us, Betty. Appreciate it. Anytime. He also just married someone, like married them as the officiating. Oh, I was going to say, congratulations. Okay. It, it would be even funnier if you were leaving your own wedding, <laughs> driving yourself and podcasting here. That would have been the better. That would be the worst start uh, to a marriage of all time. All right. Yeah, is, is, the pirate, is the pirate theme going to get a new verse now that I'm on the show? Like you got to, you know, update it a little bit, I think. Would you uh, stay tuned? There, there's a remix to a show song. Okay. Coming. Oh. All right. Oh, go ahead, oh, no, Chris. No, no, go, no. Ahead. go ahead. Is it getting a new verse just for this, Smitty? This is a this is a remix. I, if if Flem's referring to to my song that I wrote, I did not know there was a remix coming, but I'm excited to hear it. I, I just put the pressure on you to get it done. Moving on, Aaron in Memphis, who uh, I think was told that he should be the new voice of many things. I think next year's uh, March Madness. Or March Sadness. So, Aaron, you had a question for Smitty? Yes, uh, Smitty, thanks for uh, joining us. Um, so, we, uh, we've we got an issue. So, I want, I, want, I want to be a fan of yours, but you've said something that offended some people, and I need some clarification. So, according to, to, to certain people, on May 13th, you made the comment to paraphrase that you can't take someone seriously if they have a southern accent. Now, obviously, that doesn't apply to me, so I'm not offended. Did I say that? I don't think I said um, that. Yeah, it's about Elvis, yes. Oh, well, because... Wait, what, what was the Elvis line that he kept saying? Uh, Something about snatching a tongue out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snatching okay. a tongue out by the roots, I actually think... <laughs> Here's the thing, Aaron. So, for, I the, have... for the people that speak with a southern draw, mm-hmm. I, I, I just—they—I I think they just need to know that, that you—you—you you, 
You don't mean that about them. I don't. I don't mean it. I just, I don't mean that you can't take them seriously in general. I just mean when Elvis is yelling something in his ridiculous Elvis accent, how can you possibly take that seriously? I did not mean to generalize, and I am so sorry to offend. Um, First of many apologies for offending people, I feel like we're going to have here. I'm a very opinionated person, Aaron. I'm sorry, but I do love a Southern accent. Like, I think I mentioned like early on in the show, I lived in, uh, upstate South Carolina for a year and it impacted me to the point where now whenever I hang out with my South Carolina friends and I get drunk, I just start talking like them without even thinking about it. So I guess I can't take myself seriously either. I, 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 I don't think I, don't, I wasn't actually offended. I just wanted to be funny, but I guess that works too. Nobody's actually mad at you, I promise. So to be clear, we shouldn't take people with Southern draw serious based on the fact that you were No, serious. normally, normally not. I mean, obviously, I don't know anybody with Southern draw. But if I did, I don't think you would take them seriously. It's definitely not me and Aaron that have the Southern draws, so. Not me. Not, not me. me. <laughs> nope, nobody here. <laughs> nope. Not not a single Southern draw here. Uh, and Pam, who's maintained it. I'm proud Thank of you. Thank you. From Texas. Thank you. I never lost uh, it. So, Steve, you had a, a question or two for Smitty? Yes, Smitty. So, first of all, I want to know what does Stu got smell like? And mm-hmm. also, why do you hate children so much? Yeah, kids are the worst. They don't really do anything. Like, you have to do everything for them. So, I don't, you know, they don't really do it for me. Stu Gatz smells like you would expect. I think my favorite thing about Stu Gatz is that he wears the same Grateful Dead hat every day. And it has, like, five layers of crust on it. Um, so I would say that's what Stugat smells like. So beer. I, re- I recall chicken parm and heaters myself. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. It depends if he shaved his face or not. The smell changes based on the day of the week. Yeah. It gets stuck in there. Thank you, Smitty. So Jeff is asking for redemption to ask a better question. I think we should just say no, he doesn't deserve it. No, there's, there's no second chances in life. You had your shot and you blew it. Maybe I'll come on Perfect. again and you'll All get right. a second chance, but it's it's not tonight, buddy. You only get one shot. Do not miss All your right. chance. So, of something. So, <laughs> M, M, finish the lyric. I, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, but uh, you, when you left me with just four words, I was like, <laughs> I don't know how far I want to take this before I start rapping. <laughs> but you know what? I appreciate the small homage. All right, Jeanette, you had, I think, probably the most important question, and we're going to follow it up with Lou, but Jeanette, go ahead. Um, Jessica, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, I wanted to congratulate you on winning the 2021 Michael Lewis Darius Golick Jr. Award from the Stugat School of Broadcasting. Thank you, yeah. I can only imagine that this is the highest honor you've received professionally. Yep, that's correct. Um, so I was wondering if you can provide your broadcasting insight into the qualifications of a nominee from Lauer After Hours. So, um, tell us. Are you smet out or smetty on this person based on the following? You picked a Twitter name that will appear when someone searches for a member of the Dan Levitard show. Am I smet out or smet e? I'm smet e. That's smart. That's a smart SEO. How do you play? You sent the show a business proposal in exchange for retweets and a golf outing with them. <laughs> mm, I guess I'm smet e on that too. You know, shoot your shot. You aren't scared of copyright infringement and consider cease and desist letters a hallmark of a successful business. Mm. I'm smet out. I'm not. I'm not a big rule breaker. I don't. Don't like breaking the law. Smet out. Okay. You've often compared yourself to a young Gerard Butler. 
Oh, Smeddy. He was great in Phantom of the Opera. Whoever that guy is, call me. And lastly, your name is on the award. Wow. Smeddy. Awesome. So it appears that Lou, by a landslide, unanimously 12 to 3, um, has gotten your seal of approval. So would you mind recommending him to Stu Gotts as next year's winner? I would love to. It would be my honor to recommend him. Mission accomplished! Yay! Congratulations on the nomination. You may not, you may not still win. If I mention this to Stu Gotts any time other than the night before, he will forget. As super fans of the show, who Stu Gotts is, I think the only person to never follow a single one of us. We are very aware. (laughs) <laughs> of the low expectations for Stu Gatz to actually participate. It took us calling him out for his fraudulent behavior on Cameo by getting his Cameo liaison to do a Scameo in order for him to even Wow. Account. So speaking of the infamous hopeful recipient of this certificate and award, Lou in sales, our own personal recommendation. You One, uh, just before you tell Stu about my recommendation, tell him uh, we can go to Augusta after I win the award. Oh. My question for you... He'll, would you he'll rather... do anything. He'll do literally anything for like a, a good round of golf. So, yeah, that is the one way to bribe him, actually. It is. He didn't He didn't, He didn't. didn't uh, accept my business plan for t-shirts, but hopefully, maybe this will work. But anyway, so my question, would you rather be able to detect any lie you hear or get away with any lie you tell? Detect any lie I hear. And then I'm also going to take acting lessons so then I can do both, basically. Take the initiative on one and, and pick the other that you can't learn, right? So... So guts. Any play? Yes. Gats. Nice, nice, nice. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> I think I disagree. I think I'd be, I would much rather be able to get away with any lie. Because you're a liar. Yeah. I feel guilty when I lie, so I can't pick the one that I'm never going to use. Maybe I'm Guilt? just such a good person. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or I'm just literally the complete opposite of that. But <laughs> it's okay. Um, in that case, then, Lou... Let's bring it home with the grand finale. All right. So, um, like Will, uh, I'm in the club of the Secret Squid Society, and we definitely need a club for that. Yes. So, yes, we, uh, we made you a hat tonight for the Secret Squid Society. Ooh, I love it. What does the squid have? What are those little? I can't see the little I, details. I think they're, they're like water bubbles. Cute. Oh, my gosh. It says Secret Squid Society. That's a cute little squid, and he's happy. Or she. It. It's happy. I like it. Happy little squid. So, well, uh, I'll just send it to Witty because I send everything. <laughs> yeah, send, send it. Witty is my uh, secretary, broker, lawyer, and uh, assistant in in general. So he'll he'll make sure it finds its way to me. Don't worry he's, about that. He's also the only person that trusts Lou with a mailing address. That's the whole <laughs> reason we have. To. Yeah, Witty would just be like, "Here's my address." Such a trusting young man he is. I really am my most comfortable when I'm just roasting Woody. All of your questions just should have been about Whittingham. I would have just been so at ease. Well, let's hear. Hold on. Let's just give, let's let you crush the <laughs> outro. What What would you like, if you just had to take out Witty as a one-on-one before you come to Miami and just completely destroy him, what's your warning to him? Oh, I mean, Witty, watch your back. You're not the new guy anymore. Nothing cute about being the second newest guy. Your time to shine is over, Whittingham. Watch out. Thank you, Smitty. 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 Thank you,
That was fresh. great. That was beautiful. Nailed it. Can you do it? Can you all do it as chickens now? Oh, thank you, Smitty. <laughs> thank you, Wow, that was beautiful.